0: The following lecture was delivered at the 13th Annual National Jewish Retreat in Providence, Rhode Island, a project of the Roar Jewish Learning Institute. We hope you enjoy it, and we encourage you to visit jretreat.com for information on upcoming retreats. Mrs. Geula Nemni now presents her lecture, The Kabbalah of Love. Thank you for coming. Do you have a quarter with you? If you have it, take it out and keep it there. And we will understand at the end why I put it here. Woody Allen says, to love is to suffer. To avoid suffering, one must love. But one then, one suffers from not loving. Therefore, to love is to suffer, not to love is to suffer. To be happy is to to love, to be happy then is to suffer. But suffering makes one unhappy. Therefore, to be happy one must love, or love to suffer, or suffer from too much happiness. You never know what to do. What is love? I'm sure that if you are here, you would like some answers. But you know that Judaism generally doesn't answer to a question with an answer but with another question what is love you have to think about what is love around the world you cannot hear me i can scream i can scream because this is the time when my children have to go to sleep and my voice is very loud you can hear me without the mic if you want and you would be scared so what is love Love is an energy, an energy that bonds parents with their children. It bonds people with their God. It can be love for something. It can be a passion that you have. And it can be a feeling that attracts women and men and makes them become a couple. In Shema Israel, Hashem commands us it's too low, too high. In, in, in Shema Israel, Hashem commands us to love Him. Can I command you to love something? Can I ask you, please? From today, you love tiramisu, even if you hate chocolate and coffee together. Can I ask you to love something? I can ask you maybe to try something, but can I command you to love something really hard? But Hashem asks us, in the main prayer that we have, Shema Israel. he says, Be'ahavta et Hashem elokecha. You shall love your God. He doesn't say, please try to love me. He says, love me. So some rabbis explain this love towards Hashem, towards God, with our duty to study and to try to know Him. Some of them. Others explain it in another way, and we will understand how. To understand love, we have to start from scratch, from the beginning of the world, from the beginning of creation. When God created the world, he created it with ten emanations. It means that he reveals himself in this world with ten different types of emanations. These, there are three that are intellectual, and seven that are emotions. One of these of these emotions is Chesed. What is Chesed? Chesed means to be good. And our the our ancestors, one of them, the first one, Abraham, was Chesed. He was only good. Chesed is called even Gedula. It means to be big, to be someone. But, when we use only chesed, only chesed and nothing else, what we get? We get people who steal and don't go to jail. We get um, children who get whatever they want. We get women who get whatever they want. This must be very dangerous. So, chesed alone cannot stay in this world. Because Though it's like a positive energy and it's something good, but too much good is not. It's not good anymore. So we say in the first bracha of the Sh'mona Yisra, of the Amidah, of the davening that we say, okay, every day three times a day, we say Magen Avraham, Hashem, please protect Avraham who is Chesed from his good because he's too good. He's so good that he didn't want to kick out his his son Ishmael, and Sarah had to do it. So even good people can be dangerous. So what we have in this world to balance, to counterbalance uh, Chesed, this good, we have Gvura. Gvura is strength. So we have we say that um, Chesed comes is in the right arm. And Gvura is in the left arm. So these two forces together, they join, they get together, and they go go to form another emanation of God, that is Tiferet. Tiferet means uh, splendor, splendid. That is something that is balanced. And it's a balance between Gvura and Chesed. And this is what we should aim to. So when we love somebody... We don't have to give all ourselves to this this person. To love is not to disappear and be only for somebody else. To love is to be us, to stay what we are, and in what we are, to find a way, to find a place to the other person. This is the beginning. Eric Fromm, I'm sure you know him, in The Art of Love, says, when two persons love each other, they should become one, but stay two. It means that you have chesed, and you, you become one, but you have gevora, but you have to stay yourself. You don't have to disappear for the other person. What would the Allen say? You will notice that we are aiming at when, oh, and oh, I start again. You will notice that what we are aiming at when we fall in love is a very strange paradox. The paradox paradox consists of the fact that when we fall in love we are seeking to refine all or some of the people to whom we were attached as children. On the other hand, we ask our beloved to correct all of the wrongs that our parents or siblings inflicted on us, so that love contains in it the contradiction, the attempt to return to the past, and the attempt to undo the past. We are never, never, never happy. We want always to change something. My rabbi once told me, Rabbi Lazar, I grew up with him. You know, the Rabbi Lazar from Russia? I grew up with his father. He is my rabbi. And he once told me, you know, Geula, world will be much easier if we could get married between brothers and sisters. First of all, my mother-in-law would be my mother. And this would be much easier. (laughs) I would not have sisters-in-law. Believe me, this would be great. But, he says, Hashem didn't put us in this world to have an easy life. And this, everyone can say. It's always a challenge we always have to cope with something, to endure with something. We have always trials. Nothing comes easily, especially for a Jew. Everything is difficult and hard. Why? Because Hashem wants us to work here. He wants us to feel that we are gaining our place here and there after 120 years. We have to earn what we have. And so, We cannot, unfortunately, get married with our brothers and sisters. And we have to look for somebody outside our easy context. Let's say comfort zone. We have to go out and look for something outside. And he said, I know that it's hard, but this is what Hashem asks us. He asks us to face hardship and to overcome it and to show him that we are able to do it. What says our rabbis? They say that through love between man and woman, we can understand love between man and God. So, how is it possible? If you look at other religions, in the other religions, the, I, I think about the Catholic religion that in Italy is very, very eradicated, And you you find... You find that people, when they speak about their marriage, they speak about um, compromise. Because the perfect status for a woman, it would be to be a nun, and for a man, be to be a priest. So it means that if you want to be holy for many religions, you should stay alone. You should not get married with anybody. You should stay a single, and you should devote your life to yourself and God. But this doesn't come for Jews like this. I told you, Judaism is very hard. So, Hashem asks us, He says, it's not good for a man, this is Parashat Bereshit, to stay on his own. He has to leave his home and go to look for a wife. What What is the difference between Judaism and other religions? The difference comes from How the Kabbalists explain how world was creation, was created. When God created the world, there was, Hashem tried to put himself, I will explain to you, it seems like Mickey Mouse, but it's something that the Kabbalists say. Hashem tried to put himself in vessels. Okay, to contain himself in vessels. This is what, if you read in Sefer Yetzirah, in Kabbalist uh, books, this is what there is written. But then, you know, very hard for vessels to contain divinity. And these vessels exploded. They exploded, and divinity arrived all over the material world, in sparks. Endless, endless sparks, everywhere. And these sparks arrived to our material world, in everything that we have here, material. So what is our task? Our task is to take, to find out these sparks, and bring them back to God. This is why when we drink, we make a bracha, we make a blessing, because in this water there is a spark of divinity. This is why when we eat, we bless. This is why for everything that we do with material world, we we try to, we have a lot of, of rules, first of all, and we try to remind us that we are not doing it for our sake, but we are doing it for God. And the same is about love between man and woman. What happens? This material thing, it should seem like, it can seem like materi- and material feeling, actually is something very, very high, very, very special. And When God created the world, he said, this special energy that people can think that is something not good, for my people, for my nation, this will be the energy that will inspire them to love me. Love between man and woman. If you read the Torah, in the Torah there is written many times God's arm. And when God is very angry, from his nose comes out smoke. And you have very human figures around the Torah. Why? Because Hashem, we cannot grasp Hashem. It's impossible to understand him. So in order to catch glimpse, something very little of him, Hashem explains himself in human language. And how we can love God, God says, look at the love between man and woman and you will understand how to love me. So for us, materiality is not something that is not good, but it's something neutral. And then, when a, man, when a Jew works, for example, when he goes to earn his money every day, he can use his money to go to a 5 stars hotel in Caraibi or in Venice, or he can come to the retreat. And then you're using, well, your money. It means that you're using them for God. You're here because you want to learn something about Hashem. So we have the choice in every minute of our life This is what God tells us. And he tells us, please, use it for me. Use it to understand that you're a spiritual creator. When God gave the Torah there was a big revolution in heaven because the angels said, Hashem, what are you doing? Look to whom you are giving your Torah. It's impossible. You are giving it to human beings who have these like very low feelings and they will not behave in such a way, nice way. Please, don't lower all your wisdom to this low level. And Hashem said, you know what? We have here a human being, Moshe, Moses, come and defend yourself. And Moses, who's a good Jew, he answered to the question with a question. Angels, he said, do you have to respect your father and and mother? Do you have to buy and sell honestly? Do you have to have intimacy with your wife? was silence in heaven. And so he said, now you understand why Torah is for human beings and not for you? And Moshe brought down the Torah. And what he found down was not an excellent situation. But he proved that this, the Torah was for these men, for these men who always fall down and get up again, fall down and get up again, because this, this is our destiny. When woman and man love each other, they become one. There is written that when man leaves his home, he goes to search for a woman, and with her he will become one. And our rabbis explain that what it means to become one, they become one, or through the child, or they become one because when Adam was created, he was not created alone, but they say that Adam Akadmon, the first creator before Eve was created, actually had two faces, one from this part and one from the other part. So Adam and Eve were connected from the back. And so when men and women get together, they actually become one again, like that original creator before Hashem, before God separated it. What says Woody Allen? To be happy with him, she must understand him a lot and love him a little. Whereas to be happy with her, he must love her a lot and not try to understand her at all. <laughs> what is love? I will tell you something. That When I was preparing this conference, I became a very good wife. Because when you learn something and you don't apply it daily to your li- to your life... You are not a good teacher, so I tried to apply it, and I will tell you something. Things that I found out in these two months when I studied a lot were really amazing and One thing that really hit me because many times we know it maybe in the subconscious that is in our amygdala, okay in this part of our brain is not here in the hippocampus so one thing that really hit me is that love is not what we receive, but love is what we give. And when you think why it's like this, I will prove you, because I'm a scientist mind. So, when you think about a mother with her baby, I think there is nothing, there is no love that is bigger than this love between a baby and her, and a mother and his, her baby. How is it possible does the mother receive from this baby Hmm. i received a lot of how you say carrie when you have holes in your teeth cavities i received a lot of cavities i gained maybe more than 15 kilos this was were my presents from my children what we receive we don't receive anything What we start giving we give for the first month Second month, for nine months of pregnancy. We give for the rest of their lives, and we don't accept anything back. We don't want. You know, when I gave, when I give a present to my mother, she tells me, you're going against nature. I have to give you a present. You don't have to give me. It's, it's, it's like this. It's, it should be by direction, but a mother, there is, I don't know if there is a saying like this in English, but in Italian you say, parent, one parent can be enough for ten kids. But ten kids cannot be enough for one parent. So, this is love. What is love? Love means to give. The more the mother gives to the child, to the baby, the more she loves him. But when you get married, we don't reason in this way. So why? Why from the husbands and the wives we expect to receive something, while from our babies we With our babies, we want to go only to give. We want to share. We want to, you know, to give them everything that we have. So we should, the first lesson that I learned is that we should always first give and then receive. But when a couple finds that they are a good match and they decide to get married, the first thing that you can hear from these young people and you could hear it from me too 27 years ago why did you decide to you decided to get married with him hmm. he gives me exactly what i was looking for he gives me now i have to switch my phrase, my sentence and say i give him what he needs and it's very hard because people except for parents to their children generally tend to take and not to give so it's a very hard mental shift but if Hashem said that we have to get inspired from love between man and woman to understand how to love Him it means that to love God means to give Him something and not to expect from Him something it means that we should give to Him for free we don't have to expect something back you're expert in, in gematriot. You know what is a gematria? Okay. So if you make the gematria of the word Ahava, Ahava is Aleph, that is one, He, that is five, Bet that is two, He, that is five. It comes out thirteen. You know what is the gematria of Echad? That means one. One, Aleph. Chet, eight. Dalet, four. So what does it mean? It It means that when we love somebody, we become one with this person. What does it mean to love God? It means to try to become one with him. It means that he should be always present in our life. There was a big and important discussion between the rabbis for... Shira Shirim. You know Shira Shirim? Song of the songs. If you read it, you blush. It's really hard to read. I never read it to my children. It's, you read it and you say, how is it possible that it's part of the Torah? So the rabbis say that the Shira Shirim, what you read there, it's all a big metaphor to the relationship between man and God, where man is the woman, And God is the man. If you read it, you have to use your fantasy. Because it's really, really... It's pleasant to read it. Because it explains to you what really love is. But many rabbis in ancient times didn't want to put Shirashirim in the holy books. Because they were saying it's too much. And then came Rabbi Akiva. And he said you know when men and women stay together during their intimacy, this moment is considered high as when the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, was going to Kodesh HaKodashim on Yom Kippur. This is, there is the same union. This physical union is like the spiritual union between the Jewish nation and God in Yom Kippur. So he said, how can you dare saying that Chirashirim, that is an explanation of how men and women love each other, how can you say that it's not holy? It's the holy of the holiest. Not only it has to stay inside the holy books, but it's the holiest of all the books, because it represents the holiest of all the feelings. that is love between men and women. And Ramban says, as a man who loves a woman cannot stop thinking of her, So she should be our relationship with God. We are very important. So we feel like you know how to get to God. You just have to love your wife or your husband. It's not easy at all. So we have to work a lot. And Judaism says, if you want to elevate yourself, get married. Don't become a priest. Don't go on Himalaya and become, you know... And hermit, how you say? Hermita? Hermit. Stay here. I want to see you here. And here, please try to be the best person that you can. So don't stay alone. But I put you in another hard situation. Get married. And here you will become the best person in the world. There is a man who decides that he wants to gain the paradise. And he read somewhere, in some holy books, that if he wants to gain, to gain paradise, he has to get married with a very, very bad woman. Wicked woman. Very bad woman. Okay? I will do it. I will sacrifice. Now, a little bit, I sacrifice. Then, for eternity, I will gain paradise. I, won't I will do it. So he gets, he gets married with this woman. And the first morning after the wedding, he gets he gets up and he finds the breakfast on the bed. Eh uh, what's up here? You're not supposed to be bad? She doesn't answer. Then before he goes to work, she asks him, Dear, what do you want to eat for tonight for supper? Nothing, nothing. Every, everything you will prepare will be good for me. Okay, when he comes back home, he finds Lasagna with ragu, tiramisu. He finds the most special things in the world. He starts panicking. What does it mean? mean? I don't understand. The next day he goes to work. He opens his bag and he finds a paper. Dear, I really love you. He comes back home. He's mad. He asks her, I don't understand. I married you only because they told me that you are a very, very bad person. I don't understand. How is it possible that you are so good? You want to earn paradise through me? No. She doesn't let him. When men and women are in intimacy and stay together, when they create a baby, they repeat what Hashem did for the first time. There is the, in Latin we say, creatio ex nihilo, creation from nothing. And this is a power that was given only to a man and a woman when they stay together. It's, a power, it's the only power in the world that can create another human being. When woman and men stay together, there is written that they create through their thoughts, they create the garments to the, to the baby that they are creating. It means that if they are thinking of God when they stay together, this baby will have the predisposition to think about God in his life to speak about God in his life. To act like a religious person. So this moment that is seen in all the religions as a moment that is not holy at all. For us, not, it's not only holy, but it's the holiest of the holiest. In the Song of the Songs, I just want to read you the first sentences. There is written the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Draw me, we will run after you. The king has brought me to his chambers. We will rejoice and be glad in you. On my bed at night I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but I did not find him. I had just passed them by when I found him whom my soul loves. I held him and would not let him go until I brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her who had conceived me. This is the song of the songs. It's very powerful. This is love. And this is the energy that Hashem wanted to put in His Word in order that the word goes on. He didn't tell us, stay with whoever you want, just make babies. No, you have to love. You have to love your spouse. How are Jewish husbands and wives? He will pay $2 for a $1 item he needs, whereas she will pay $1 for a $2 item that she doesn't need. She worries about the future until she gets a husband, whereas he never worries about the future until he gets a wife. You're exactly like me. I'm a little bit like this. I think about it, and then I lie. And all my children tell me, Mommy, it was like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> but you terrorize, and it stays forever. <laughs> He's successful if he can make more money than she can. Whereas she's successful if she can find such a man. He will, lo- he will lo- lo- live longer than the single man do. But then he is a lot more willing to die. She marries him, expecting him to change, but he doesn't. Whereas he marries her, expecting that she won't change, but she does. (laughs) How can we reach love? We need something that is called humbleness and lowliness. Only in this way we can really love our spouse. Why? Why? As Hashem says, I cannot stay where a person is full of himself. Why? Because if you have a glass full of water, you cannot fill it with water. It's full. So in order to put something inside this glass, you have to take out the water. And then you put, can, can put something. So God says, I cannot stay where a person is very prou- proud of himself. I cannot stay where there is pride I can stay only where people empty themselves. And become empty vessels for me. And the same happens with love. You can love somebody only if you take out a part of yourself and you start thinking of the other person. We were created, our mental software is built by Hashem, that we are selfish. If you think about children, the first thing that the mothers teach them is, Please share. This is what you say, always. Please share. Sharing is caring. Why? Because it doesn't come to us natural. Because we were created in this way. The the mental software that we have since we were created, since we were born, is like, everything is for me. You know, the primordial creator. And then, what we we are supposed to do? We are supposed to destroy this feeling and this Mental software that we were created with, and we have to start and put ourselves a little bit apart in order to think, in order to let love permeate ourselves. In the Talmud, there is written that this was this ancient habit. I don't care. Huh? It always happens to me. Maybe it's mine.
1: <laughs>
0: and I hope it's good news. In the Talmud there is written that there was this ancient uh, habit to ask the groom under the chuppah have you found or do you find? This is very... Yeah. This is in Hebrew. So, the question comes from where? From an apparent contradiction between the two statements that Moshe Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon, said in two different books, in the Proverbs and in Ecclesiastes. In Proverbs he says, He who has found a woman has found good. But in Ecclesiastes he says, This is why Freud was Jew. And I find woman more beaten than death. Excuse me. Than death. How do you say? Morte. Death. Okay. More bitter than death. So she's more bitter than death. Woman. Bitter. 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 Amaro. Amaro. Not sweet. Bitter. Like poison snake. Okay. Bitter. 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 So, how can we reconcile these two sentences? So, woman is good or woman is bitter than death? Yeah, I'm saying well? Okay. We have to look at the tense of the verbs. The first tense is he who has found a woman has found good. It means that the tense is in the past. You can help her, maybe. <laughs> The second one is in present, I find. So the past tense and the present tense for Jews means something when we speak about love. We said that our tradition says that when Adam and Eve were created, they were one person. And then God separated them and they became two creators. But then in the beginning of the beginnings, They were one. So when we speak, when we use the past tense, and Shlomo HaMelech says, he who has found a woman has found good, we refer to when? We refer to these past, 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 5,700 years ago, when they were only one. It means that you find good when? When you aim to become one. As Eric from become one, but stay two, but become one. When you aim to become one and it means that she goes towards him and he goes towards her, this is good. But then in the second sentence, he says, and I find woman more bitter than death. And what is the present tense? Present tense is something that what I want now. What I want now? I want something for myself. So... This guy is good for me. Why? Because he gives me what I need. Not I give him what he needs. And this is the difference between the two. So under the chuppah, and you have to remember that under the chuppah, the rabbis asked the groom, not the bride, because they know that the woman knows. This is Somebody asked me, is it for men? I said, this is for men too. this conference. They didn't ask the bride if she matzah or mozet. If she fa- have, has found or she finds. But ask the groom. Because for a man, going out from himself and his selfness it's harder. It's not, hu- it's not an easy thing even for women. But women have it more natural because they give birth to children. So it's natural for them to put aside themselves, to, put, to, put, to step a little bit back and to make space for the other. So the key for happiness, for a happy love, for a true love, is matzata. Is to look at the couple, at man and woman, as an one, one creature, echad. And then from there to start, it means that we are meant to be together. And in order to put together two things that are really the opposite, you have to try to match them very, very well. This means that I have to put aside my anger, my loud voice. I, if you want, I can tell you. No, it's better no, because they are registering me. I can tell you all my defects. So I had to work a lot on myself and I don't think I, I, I reached to be perfect. But I, when you are when married, this is why Hashem says only through When you are married, only through marriage, the person really can improve. Why? Because when you're married with somebody, you have to work on yourself. When you're single, you think about only yourself. You have maybe to become more educated. You have to study a lot. You can be on career. But nobody forces you to think about another person. When you're married, yes. And if you don't think about her, don't come to ask me what happens. Rabbi Shmuel of Lubavitch, the Maharash, says, As man loves his woman, so God loves his word. As a man wishes to live with the woman he loves and to share with her all her days, so God wishes to be found in his word in everything there is. As the union between man and woman creates children in their image, so when there is unity between creation and creator, Earth and heaven, body and soul, soul, matter and spirit. In this unity you can find God in all his full glory. This is love between man and woman. Man was created from nothing. There is written that Hashem took some sand and he created man. Woman was created from what? From his rib. This is why... When a man comes to you and introduces himself, he says, ''Hello, I'm Mr. David Grossman. I'm a writer.'' When you meet a woman, ''Hello, I'm Geyula Anemni. Hi.'' Why? I don't say what I am. I don't say what I do. But the man, for the first thing that he has to say about himself and what he's doing. Why? Because men came from nothing. Men came from this sand. It was like really nothing.'' And he tries all his life to escape from this nothing. And the first thing that he has to do is to become something. But the woman woman came from something that was the man's rib. So woman doesn't have to escape from nothing because she's already something. So the woman, when she introduces herself, she doesn't have to remind you what she's doing in her life. She is a woman and this is enough. Rav Kahana, there is written in the Talmud, once hid himself under his teacher's Rav's bed. Rav was the name, okay? So there was Rav Kahana and Rav. And the first time I read this story, I was shocked. He hid himself under his bed. And Rav was intimate with his wife in that moment. And then suddenly he hears this noise under his bed, he starts saying, "Who's there under my bed?" <laughs> and he hears, Rav Kahana answering me saying him, "It's Rav Kahana, it's Kahana. It's your student. Kahana, come out from there. You're not supposed to be there." But Rav," he says, "This is Torah, too, and I have to learn everything from you." This is the Talmud. So we say that Ahava is 13. How many how you say uh segni zodiacali this 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 sign uh, how you say uh segni zodiacali the virgin and zodiac okay okay zodiac signs signs okay we have 12 zodiac signs but Ahava is 13 you know that we always look at numbers to understand what it means so these zodical signs are 12 and ahava is higher than 12 it's 13 why because ahava is something that goes beyond nature you have nature but in order to build real love you have to go beyond nature and you have to go beyond your own nature you have to work on your nature in order to really love somebody. But Ahava, 13, is even Daga, the gematria of Daga, that is worry. Dalet is four, one, Aleph, Gimel three, and He, five. So what does it mean? That in order to love somebody, you have to become one with him, When when you become one with him, you get worried about him. So it's a very complicated story, but you have to go through this. And if you think how we write Zug, couple in Hebrew, no, I cannot write it now. How you write Zain in italics. Zain goes inside, okay? You know that it's the mistake that always children do. The Zain becomes the Gimel, the Gimel becomes the Zain. But now you have to look at me. The Zain goes inside. Then there is a Vav, and the Gimel, when you write it, goes inside too. So the two letters look at each other. What does it mean? It means that if you want really to become a Zug, if you want really to build a real, real couple based on real love, you have to let these two creatures to look at each other. And if they look at each other and try to understand each other, they really can build something special. And in the middle of this Zayin and Gimel, there is a Vav. Vav represents in Kabbalah the the energy that we bring from up to down but in order to have this energy people have to work a lot I just throw you something so during the year you will go to study Kabbalah with your Chabad Shluchim when you want to draw down energy from up this Vav you have to work God doesn't give anything for free we don't have the Red Sea split anymore if you want to earn something from God, you have to awake. You have to do something with your, your yourself. So what is devav? Devav is what arrives from up. But in order to receive energy on this couple, you have to wake To awake. That is itaruta deletata. When you have a man who wakes up and he says in the morning, God, I want to reach you, and he really tries all his best, with all the efforts that he can to reach God, God will give him light, enlighten him. But if one gets up in the morning and says, God, I want really to see you, to know you, but he doesn't do anything, he will not reach anything. And this is Zug, exactly the same. If you want to reach real love, you have to work hard, very hard, and look at each other. When... Adam and Chava, when they were one and God separated them, you imagine they were like this before. So one was looking in this direction and one was looking in this direction. This was very good because they could never fight, because they could never face each other. But what, hap- what was happening, they was, were not looking for the same things because woman was looking in this direction and man was looking in this direction. So everyone has, had his own own point of view and when God separated them and there is written that he really like cut this creature in half their points became one and this is what we should aim to we had we have to try to become one Eric Fromm says a very interesting thing how you say when you Start loving somebody. What you say? Fall, fall in love. So I just find a hole in the street and I fall inside, and this is how I fell in love with my husband. Fall in love. He says there is nothing wronger than this. You don't fall in love. You create love. You cannot like happen to be in love with somebody, and that is forever. No, maybe you fall in love, and this is the first click. But then you have to invest on this click a lot in order to it becomes love. And in Italian we say the same. In Italian, when you say to fall in love, you say innamorarsi. Innamorarsi is a reflexive verb. What does it mean? It means that in the beginning, when you fall in love, Italian people think about themselves. Innamorarsi. I love myself, and this means to fall in love. And then this is like what happens between in the first time. But then there is an innamorarsi. It's reflexive and intransitive. You say, intransitive. It means that you don't have an object. The object comes back innamorarsi. But then when you love somebody, really love somebody, amare. I love somebody, and this amare is transitive and it needs an object after. It means that you cannot love yourself. You have to love somebody else. And the same is in Hebrew. When you say le'itahev Leita le'itahev is reflexive. It means I love somebody who gives me. And this is the first stage. But then if you want to love really somebody you have to le'ehov you have to love somebody else. There is written it is not good for men To be alone. What does it mean? Our Rabbis explain that when a man is alone, he cannot be a vehicle for good. If he wants to reach good, he cannot stay alone. We have a question. Why God didn't create immediately Adam and Eve, but he had to create first this creature, that was one, and then separate it in two? Why he couldn't? It seems like he regretted something. Why couldn't he create immediately Adam and Eve? But he had to go through these stages. We know that Hashem doesn't do anything that is not unnecessary. So it means that this step had to be there to teach us something today. First of all, Adam and Eve were originally one. Because when we get married, we have to go back to this original creator. And we have to think about it every day, not only under the chupa, but especially after 27 years. This is a declaration for my husband. We have to think about this first creator that came into the world, and we have to try to go back. So God says, we are, remember, you were not two, you were one when i created you please go back to this if you think about the fetus you say what it what chromosomes it has it has x and y's and then if it's a boy it stays x and y's but if it's um, if it's a girl the y's fall down but in the beginning there are all x and y's in all the fetus girls and boys. So but what does it mean? It means that in the beginning, then we, we say in the Torah, there is written that you can pray for changing the sex of a baby for the first 40 days. So this means that in the beginning, we are not man or woman. We are not boy or girl. We are one. And then these chromosomes fall apart or stay together, and then we have the sex of the baby. And this means that, again, we have to remember that we are, in the beginning, one. Oh, my God, five minutes. I hate this last five minutes because I have so many things to say. If you want, then we, we go to take a coffee there and then go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is the secret... To bring real love in this world is to work. And it's to work hard. Because we have to try to go back to this first creator that was created in the world, where man and woman were one person. So when they tell you, for Judaism, man is higher than woman, mm, doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. We are different. If you want, you can come to my session about women and I'm a very strong feminist and it doesn't exist for Judaism because we learn it from this creator. Men and women were created in the same place. It's true that then there is written in the Torah that from Adam, Hashem took his rib and created a woman. But you know why? Did you renovate your houses twice? Did it happen to you? I did it. The first time I forgot to put the light outside the, the toilet, okay? And so it was really hard for me to get up in the night and not to wake my husband. In the second time, I remembered very well where to put all the lights. So the first creator, I'm sorry for you, was a man. And the man was full of mistakes. And the second one was a woman. And when Hashem created this man, he said, oh my gosh, there are so many things that I have to adjust. Here, let's create the woman. And here we are. Okay. Mm. In these two minutes, I have to choose what to tell you. Um, A short thing. Um, And then, okay. The word ish, has the gematria of 311. Believe me, we don't have now time. Believe me. You trust me? Trust me. Aviv veimo, there is written that when a man leaves Aviv veimo, his father and his mother, he gets married. Okay? He goes to get married. So, ish is a 311. Aviv veimo is 72. Aviv veimo, the two words together. His Father and his mother. Isha is 306. Let's see if you have a good memory. Le one flesh, it is 545. Now I'll explain to you. Ish. If from Ish, 311, we take, we deduct avid his father and his mother we take away his father and his mother especially his mother it becomes 311 minus 72, it becomes 239 Okay. so the value of a man without his father and his mother is 239 Isha is 306 if you add to the value of the man without his father and his mother the value of a woman you get 545 that is one flesh, le basar It means, I hope, no, my mother-in-law doesn't understand English. That <laughs> if you want man and woman to become really one, he has to leave his father and his mother. It means that you have to, he has to concentrate about his future and not about his past. Mm, okay, I had so many things to tell you, but okay. Last Italian joke, and then our quarter. We have these two friends sitting on the sofa in the dining room. Amore, says one of the two to his wife. Can you please bring me, uh, prepare us some coffee? Ah, yes, sure, she answers from the kitchen. Amore, can you please bring us even a piece of cake? Yes, sure. Amore. Amore. Can you bring us, please, even some Amaro, you know? A little bit, because we like drinking it, with having it with a piece of cake. Wow, it's amazing, says the friend. For how many years you're married? Forty-five. You still call her Amore? I forgot her name. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I want to read you only this, and then I promise i leave you. I promise, promise. But you know that time is so relative. Please, only this. Two things, very fast. Is there some, somebody after me? Okay, please. It's a man? Okay. <laughs> okay, the Ktuba the ktubah, the, the marriage contract starts with a bet and not with an aleph with what letter starts the torah bereshit with a bet too and not with an aleph our rabbi says say why with an aleph and not with a bet with a bet not with an aleph because aleph is the 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 first letter of the word arur that is cursed so we don't use these Letter for something that is good, like the Torah, or like is a, a marriage contract. But you know how many not nice words we have with letter bet? Many. So, why? Why? Because Torah wants to teach us bet, reshit, that we always have not to be only for us, but to be for others too. And this is the same for the ktubah. Bashly, she starts with a bet to remind us that we get married in order that we too become one. But we are two. And not only to think about ourselves. But this is something special. Okay. When I got married, they told me that I would be the moon and my husband would be the sun. It means that I would receive from him the the first energy and then I I would elaborate this energy in order to make it a good energy for the family. So sometimes we were fighting and fighting. You know, in the beginning it happens, but it happens even after 27 years. And I was waiting for him to come to me because he has to come first. He is the sun, I'm the moon. It means that he has to come to me before I go to him. Because he does the first step and I take the second. And I was waiting and waiting and waiting and he was not coming. So I learned something. If you want really to build something that lasts forever, don't wait for the other to come. But be always the first. Go. Even if you are the moon and you are not the sun, Go there. Be the first. I hope you enjoyed. I hope I was not too jet-lagged. If you have questions or you want recipes, Italian recipes, we can meet there outside. Thank you so much much for listening. Thank you very much. Thank you for teaching me new words. The quarter! The quarter! There is written something here. A pluribus unum. You know what does it mean, a pluribus unum? That from many you become one. Please visit myjli.com to learn more about JLI's multiple educational offerings and toracafe.com to view highlights and lectures from past retreats.